Like I have schizophrenia. Uh, right, right close to my ear. It's really, Kill really Sal. annoying. Kill Sal. But I, I like Sal. But I guess if I mean you, no, 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 no. you never to you never you never told me the wrong thing to do before. You've never hurt me before, voice. So yeah. Um, Spill the coffee on your hand, you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean we can kind of get into it before David shows up. Um, but I might have to step out briefly and like talk to and like go find him because. Yeah, I guarantee you he's not going to find this on his own. I put on these headphones too? Or what? Yeah, that way you can hear yourself. Oh, shit. I can have... So this is Bowling for Coup, episode four. This is with Matt and Sal. David is on his way. We finally got the original crew back together after a long hiatus. The last episode we recorded together was in October, and it is now March 2020. But October, we didn't even have that uh, whole crew. Yeah, we did. We had me and you. No, it was just and... me, you, and no David. No, oh. David was there, dude. He just left early. Oh, he left? Yeah, maybe you only listened to the half where it's just me and you. It's been so long, I forgot what happened. Yeah, no, we got him on there. And then I did an episode with Cameron Hawkins, remember? I did one on Watchmen. Oh, yeah, you did And you, neither of you could make it. Yeah. yeah, and that was like a different change of pace. Now we're kind of back to the conversational mode. And uh, I was given some pretty good advice on where to go with this podcast, which is to like make it more specific. Uh, that I'm going to kind of dis... I'm just not going to follow that advice anymore. (laughs) It's like, there's no... It's like, who cares? It's like, people don't... Nobody's listening to this anyway. Like, it's not like if I changed my my style, it's like all of a sudden I'm going to get all these followers and shit. Well, the sponsors start calling us. Yeah, then... then, Well, well, that's like if you get, you know, however many... And you don't want sponsorships because then you're beholden to, like, censoring yourself. You want a Patreon. That's that's where the money's at. For for an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. I do see the orange. Hold up, David's Some calling the... me. Yo, David, what's up? Yo. David, are you here? Do you need me to come out and find yeah, you? I'm here. Okay, I'll come out and find you. Hold on, everybody. I gotta go find David. Hello, everybody. This is the Solo Podcast. Time for some, uh, Soothing, soothing beats. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a new decade. It's been a long time, new year, new decade. If anyone's interested, it's only really snowed, like... Well, that's not true, though, because I left. I left Reno during winter break. It's only snowed once in the spring semester. It's kind of unusual. But I'm doing great. I'm doing great, guys. Yeah, I'm a little... Yeah, the primaries, I'm kind of a little impressed, a little shocked. I just think it's funny that <laughs> I don't know. I was really, I was, I was really on the verge of a. Uh, I'm just gonna vote for Bloomberg next time, you know. Like, I was really. I don't know. I just think Bloomberg's a funny. Just funny looking, funny looking that Bloomberg. Oh, come out and open the door. I have to open the door. Okay. All right. 
little bit of a debacle there. There's someone set off the emergency exit alarm in this building. It was not us. It was not. I actually have the right to, I have the, my receipt that I have the room for the hour. So um, if somebody comes in here and gives me, gives me treatment, I'm going to tell them to go, you know, where to stick it. Um, well, you can't even see who's coming in that door. <laughs> yeah, should I lock? Did I lock it? No, you don't need to lock it. If they oh. come in, you can just tell them, like, I have the room. So, okay. You know. Man, it's so weird being back on campus. <laughs> After, uh, come, come closer to your microphone. Oh, sorry. There we hey, go. Welcome back to school. Yeah, thanks, Sal. How have you been? Sal, so you got to speak up again. Either way. Okay. Hello. Oh, yeah, I hear myself now. Okay, yeah. yeah, this is better. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, this is better. Yeah, that's cool. That's fine. <laughs> uh, just the squeeze your head. Closed, closed podcast. The this. ultra. This is much better audio quality now. So, okay. We have killed 13 minutes doing this, but it's okay. So, I'm going to restart the, the introduction. So. Uh, this is Bowling for Coup, episode four, with Matt, Sal, and David, the original crew, back together after like a six-month hiatus. God, it's been forever. That's I know for sure. it's brutal. We're it was brutal. It a reboot. It's a reboot. <laughs> this is now episode one of V two. We're changing the name. We're changing everything. This is a new room, new school, new day, new people. Um, I mean, same people. <laughs> uh, there's just a picture of fucking Ariana Grande up there, like trying to make it seem uh, like she had surgery done. I don't know why somebody would do her dirty like that. Uh, yeah, I don't remember her looking like that in Sam and Cat. I've, she's always looked like the one on the right. <laughs> but that is her. Like it's her. She went from like a ginger chick to like. She was not ginger. No. She well, had she like weird. Ginger. She had like dyed red hair, dude. Like bright red hair. Yeah. Yeah. Like I. But she was like pasty white kind of though. She was pretty white. I will admit, like it is like, this is a controversy around Ariana Grande recently is like, is she doing like brown face kind of like, she's kind of like. Is long con, long con brown face really, really that bad? Isn't brown face (laughs) only bad if you're white? No, because there is like, no, because it's like, I don't know, man. Well, it's sort of like, I I don't even, it's a weird thing. I don't even feel like qualified to talk about it because like, like, I feel uncomfortable. That's why why we're here. We're moving. We're actually moving on from this topic now. This has unlocked a whole weird can of worms I don't want to go into. I was just like, I'm not going to say anything stupid today. And that's like one of the first things I say. Dude, imagine this is broadcasting like out loud to every classroom in this building. (laughs) Ariana Grande, dude. But I mean, I don't know. Nah, she she dated Mac Miller, and everybody was like blaming her for some reason over his death, and you know that's that's some bullshit. Well, you know, every like she... she seems to have a weird thing for like sickly looking, mentally ill white boys, like Mac Miller, then Mac Pete Miller Davidson. Was fucking awesome though, man. Yeah, but now she and Pete Davidson. Like... Wait, she isn't he a comedian? Yeah, but she dated him. Really? I mean, he's a, he's a pretty funny guy. He's on SNL. Um, oh, they, they dated yeah. for a little while. Like he, like it was like a big deal when they broke up, and it was a big deal that they were even dating. I had no idea. Yeah, because like he's like, I mean, I wouldn't call him ugly. He's not ugly, but he's definitely like just very like, he's kind of a goofball looking guy. I wonder if it's the same guy. Did he did he ever perform on Conan and like? Probably he was, was like he started comedy. When he was like seventeen years old or something. Damn. He's like twenty five. Oh really? Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember listening young. to like. The origin stories, like the comedians, like how they got into it. You've seen, you've seen them places. Oh no, no, different guy. I was thinking of another guy that I didn't think it was funny at all, and I was like, no way, he's twenty. He's thinking of no. David Peterson, everybody. 
No. Because <laughs> I have no idea who that is either. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know no. that classic comic, David Peterson? <laughs> really funny guy. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking accountant. Where'd you go? <laughs> He's got, uh, he's got the skit on the train. <laughs> so what's on the agenda today? So yeah, we were gonna talk about, and I wanted to, kind of wanted to talk about like kind of continuing this sort of like weird loose theme we have of like cult media. She just broke up with her current <laughs> boyfriend, but I just googled this 15 <laughs> hours ago. I'm getting like, I just found a bunch of tabloid articles, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, what's on the agenda today? So I was like, hold on, wait, she broke up with her boyfriend again. Hold on, stop. I just want to point out that, Sal, how is your screen still working with all those cracks? Dude. And, like, the... oh, wow. Dude, Sal's got some, like, trippy, though, when you dude, turn it Sal on. has, like, that scumbag blue-collar energy with all those cracks <laughs> on his phone. You want to talk real customers? Kid, that's me. I'm like the mayor of Dunkin's. This is the face of Dunkin' Donuts right there. Hey, you can't smoke I'm, in here, man. I'm not, Mark. I'm not smoking You're in here. You're smoking in here. It's inside. I'm just It's this is what this is what happened to my last phone. Like my last phone cracked, and then like the pieces that like didn't fall off would start like flaking off, and eventually the screen would be like yeah, just chunks of the screen Dude, would be missing. But I feel like actually funny break. enough the Ariana Grande thing because I just got out of my black literature We're going class. Back to it. No, but like just got out of my African American literature class, and like. That was like a big thing in these essays we were reading, this like conflict of essays between Ralph Ellison, James Baldwin, and Irving Howe uh-huh. was like the authentic black writer or the authenticity of the black. Because like, like basically Ralph Ellison was like, what a dangerous idea that is. Like who's authentically what? Like you can't like, especially because, you know, Irving Howe is a white writer. It's like you can't really tell me that like what my experiences are aren't authentic or whatever to you. And I feel like the Ariana Grande thing it kind of falls into that camp of like, like, I think it's just, like, a dangerous conversation to have of, like, authenticity and stuff regarding your own ethnicity and stuff. It's, like, I don't know, man. It's, like, I, I'm not qualified to talk about that. And I think even, like, people in general probably really aren't qualified to talk about that. It's, like, treated almost, like, in this, like, although it's, like, she's performing it for some reason or something or it's, like, not authentic or it's, like, calculated of some sort. But I don't know. I, I don't – I'm not inside her head. I don't know why she makes decisions she does. But Celebrities do weird things to stir things up. Michael um, Jackson. No publicity <laughs> is bad. Pu- is bad publicity, as the saying always goes. You know. Um, I mean, that's the saying. I don't know if that's always true. Well, like, I mean, like, hey, if you're getting publicity, you know, it's publicity. People are gonna, you're gonna be trending either way. This is true. Uh, I, think, I think people like OJ. I think, people. I think OJ and Michael Jackson would disagree with you on no publicity is bad publicity. Um, I don't know. OJ got to write a book on it though. Yeah, how I would have yeah. done it or whatever. No, it's called If I Did It. If I Did It. If I Did It. And by the way, the Goldmans got the rights to that book, and they now publish it as I Did It. And the If is like really small print, or it's like transparent, like you can barely see it. And, it, and now it's credited as they wrote it. But at the beginning, they're like, this is a book that O.J. Simpson wrote right after, you know, the trial was over. And we're so, we were so disgusted by it that we make money off it now. Um, <laughs> we took it away from him. Um, but anyway, the, what I really wanted to get with this one was uh, I was thinking about this topic of, like, high school movies. Not the genre of high school movies, but, like. Films that you remember that you were really, like, in, or things, TV shows, whatever, that you were really into when you were, like, in middle and high school. And, like, scrubs. maybe think about, like, why. Like, yeah, why were you into Scrubs? Um, I do, I don't know. Like, 
Did it, did it have like an impact on you as a young person? I, it, it made me want to try hard in school for a little bit because I did want to did have an aspiration to be a doctor. But at the same time, I was I was good at like science, but I was really bad at math. And then um, I just it's 420, by the way. What's up? Wow. <laughs> I, I'm a, I already uh, preheated my oven. <laughs> um, anyways, I, I I was really into Scrubs, and um, I don't know, God, what animes was I watching? I was rewatching Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, of course, because you know, um, it was before Crunchyroll became like this big old thing, and I was going like. You just I'm, watch your old VHS tapes or whatever. Yeah, I actually found some yesterday, but it was GT, which isn't as good. But I found my old Dragon Ball Z movies, which aren't canon, but... <laughs> yeah, so I was just telling me that he's, like, pretty sure he's seen the Pokemon films over a hundred times or something. I've like, seen Pokemon I, the I've first seen, movie. I've seen, like, the... I remember as, like, a little kid, I would always watch, like, a marathon of, like, the first three, which was, like, I think it's, a. Uh, I think it's Mewtwo Strikes Back. Yes. Yep, think, that know, is that the first one? Yeah, Mewtwo the there's Strikes Pokemon, back. the first movie, and then there's that's Mewtwo Mew Strikes Back. Oh. No, Mewtwo Strikes Back is the first okay, movie. Okay, that's really confusing that they would say Strikes <laughs> yeah. Back and it's that's, his first fucking that's why appearance. It's the sub-sub <laughs> title. That's why I was confused. Pokemon, Pokemon the semicolon, movie. the first movie, semicolon, <laughs> Mewtwo Strikes Back. Yeah. Who's Mewtwo? You gotta watch the movie. Yeah, and then Pokemon <laughs> It would always 2000. be that one. It would always yeah. be the Entei one. I can't remember if that's the third one. That one's the third one. one. And the third one is, yeah, the third one's with the big lion, and he's like yeah, a Entei. man. A man. He's a dog, not a lion. I'm sorry, whatever the, the fuck The legendary was, dogs. He was a man reincarnated <laughs> as a lion dog, who Pokemon, <laughs> who was also like his daughter was there with him or something, and he had to sacrifice himself. Entei's a, yeah, Entei's a man? I yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> remember, he takes his wife and his I, daughter hostage because he's a reincarnation of Pokemon. Movies yeah. aren't canon. It's all about the game lore. <laughs> For real, Ash ain't shit on red. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie Pokemon Three in like thirteen years, and I still remember it really well. I probably haven't I, seen. I remember it in a long the time. Uh, <laughs> 2000 Pokemon dude, 2000 Pokemon was really 2000. slow. Dude, Pokemon Mewtwo, where yeah, Ash and Pikachu almost really die for climax. each other, and, and Mewtwo's like, "Oh." Eventually, right. I got a copy of uh, of the Lucario movie. That was the fourth movie, I think. No, that, wasn't that? No, Pokemon Forever. No, with yeah. Suicune. That was oh, my fourth God. Pokemon movie, the Lucario movie. But I would always watch. You can't like, just you know, say it's yours. <laughs> the, the first. Or yeah, the... Lethal Weapon Four. That's not like that's not my Lethal Weapon Four. That's like my Lethal Weapon Two. <laughs> if you look at how the events played out, um, the fact that they're you know really old in that one <laughs> yeah the first three pokemon movies were theatrical releases i remember i remember um seeing the pokemon the first movie and getting like the ancient mew card and like fucking it up because i was like six when that movie came out and like you know kids like didn't know what like value held in the card so Do i like you... felt folded the card it's more of a pure enjo- it's a pure enjoyment yeah it was awesome though <laughs> do you guys know Do you fun. guys remember like the Yu-Gi-Oh movie yeah, and I yeah. had five copies of each of those cards too because yeah. my brother. Dude, my do you remember when exo- like I didn't even play Yu-Gi-Oh as a kid? Theory. I really actually was not into any of these things as a kid. I was good at the card game. I had to pretend to be into them because every other kid was kind of into them, and I did pick up a little bit of tips here and there. Like I knew Exodia was a big deal, and that you had to like have five cards to get them or something. And I knew yeah. Blue Eyes White Dragon was like a big deal. People Red would like eyes, black dragon. people would like shit their pants over Blue Eyes White Dragon. It was insane. I <laughs> remember. So here's so they they would like you buy the ticket and they give you like a pack of cards, right? Yeah. And so I, thought... I got so in that movie like the big thing was I think it's called like 
the blue eyes shining dragon. Yep. Oh yeah, dude. And I got that card, and my brother got like Jealous. the dumb like fucking mokey mokey thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he that's beat you he, up for it. And so he was mad. Like, no, I don't think he ever like tried to. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can't I remember. remember. It's a long time ago, but I got that card. Oh. And I probably used that card so much. Like, what happened was like the back and the front of the card like started splitting apart, and it was like holographic. So like. The foil for the holographic card would just like start peeling off too, uh-huh. but basically that's what I remember is that Yu-Gi-Oh movie. Yeah, you have to keep those things in like those card protectors. Yeah, those sleep protect. I would, yeah, I would never sleeves. buy sleep protectors. We'd always do like the. Um, I treat my cards like shit. You though. get like a giant pile of cards. You just make a big ass deck out of them, and you get like four or five people to play. It's... And you would just draw from, like, the giant-ass deck of cards. <laughs> I think I saw Yu-Gi-Oh! GX more than I saw real Yu-Gi-Oh! And I can never follow the plot of either show. I was very confused by, the... like, so is Yu-Gi-Oh! a man or is he a boy? And he's a boy that turns into a man? So it's <laughs> it's really interesting, actually. I was watching this YouTube video on this because I that's all I do on my free time is, like, I go home, take my dog out and watch YouTube or play video games. But, uh... <laughs> Welcome to Aftergrad Live. Because, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! was, like, a child, and he's, right. like, a 12-year-old, but then he's voiced by a man with, like, a voice, like... Well, that's after he transforms yeah, th- into, um... Yeah, and it becomes Yu-Gi-Oh! He, yeah, once he transforms into, like, real Yu-Gi-Oh!, he, his voice drops, like, seven octaves, and yeah. he becomes, like, an adult man. You may be my friend, Joey, but in a duel, I will fight you to the very end. I don't know if it's still around. I don't know how far it'd be to find, but back in, like, the old days of YouTube... You could just post like movies and shows and YouTube not get poop. like blasted for Dude, it. Dude, you can uh-huh. still find full ass movies on YouTube occasionally. If you look, if you look up the Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged series, yes, it's the funniest shit ever. Same with Dragon Ball Z. Abridged. And whenever Yu-Gi-Oh! uses the puzzle to transform, he's like, puberty power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but the reason you might be so confused also on Yu-Gi-Oh! is like. I was the, five. The um, and the American adaptation was picked up by four kids, and four kids is notorious for not looking into the animes that they get the rights to. So yeah, that's and they why also like didn't they like butcher the shit out of One Piece yeah, to make it like kid exactly. friendly all of a sudden? Yeah, and then they ended that, that on a on a bad note, and then Funimation finally got that. Thank fucking god. <laughs> and then, um, Dude, but with Yu Gi Oh, Yu Gi Oh is actually really violent if you read the manga. And everything like that. It's not meant for kids. It's a lot darker. Well, no, it, like what I've what I've come like to an entire what arc. I what I've come to understand is that in Japanese manga, for whatever reason, like even if it is written with children in mind, it's like more acceptable to be like ruthlessly violent in those. Like for whatever reason, they just don't care about it that much. Like it's like a cartoon. I know yeah. the Pokemon manga. Like oh, pretty sure yeah. people die. Yeah, and yeah. Pokemon die too. Like that was something I read online when I was like in eighth grade. That was another thing I was into. I was reading like tr- fan translated manga that wasn't available <laughs> on the so, states. So you were a total weeb. Oh yeah, fuck dude. yeah, dude. Dude, I know that this is kind of what I wanted to get onto. It's really funny because because I was talking about like middle school, high school things that you remember, like movies or something that impacted you. Or kind of like why. And I got uh, the, the opportunity too. I, also, oh, that's funny because I never saw that until college, but I really love that one. But uh, me and Sal, I got the opportunity over the weekend to expose Sal to Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, you've never seen that? He I had never, never saw it until last oh. weekend. Okay, let's start with Launchpad McQuack. Uh, that's not the actual title of this. We are- Scott Pilgrim was a, is a great movie, really fantastic. Like Edgar Wright, like what a genius for like 
the way he like, uses visual language and like just how creative he is with transitions and like how much detail and effort went into like every shot in that movie and every shot in any movie he's ever done. Yeah. But Scott Pilgrim like kind of temporarily ruined middle school social interaction for me because me and a couple of my friends like kept trying to like recreate the cadence and like of like Scott Pilgrim type conversations and like wit. But it's like the most purposely sterile, awkward type of conversations you can have. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's funny to watch that in a film because it's so stylized. But like trying to recreate that in real life, you, you very quickly realize that like no one actually talks like that. You promise to be good? Of course I'll be good. Seriously, please be good. Am I normally not? Hey, Knives, this is Steven Stills. He's the talent. Hey. Is she gonna geek out on us? She'll just sit in the corner, man. I mean, I want her to geek out on us. She'll geek. She geeks. She has the capacity to geek. The way I saw Scott Pilgrim, I saw Scott Pilgrim. Oh, oh, oh my God. What was we we were on, on my couch, Sal. Yeah, well, no, no. When I watched it, but basically, I thought of like. Scott Pilgrim is like this fucking Pee Wee Herman, Herman character. Okay, he kept saying that. And I never, I could not understand what he was talking well, about. Basically, like, what <laughs> I, like if you watch Pee Wee Herman, it's like this dude lives on a totally different line of society, like line of life. But you mean he's on a, he's on a different wavelength. Yeah, and like Scott Pilgrim is on this on like. Yeah, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim is on like this so like damn strange wavelength in the movie, and it's like, how the fuck does this guy ever? He doesn't like the, even like in the beginning. Of, like he like literally, when, he gets he almost gets laid, but then it's like the way this dude acts. It's like how the fuck does this dude really get laid? Well, like here's the but Sal, you missed the key point, which is like he's everyone dating a seventeen year old. I mean, getting of it, so he's not like he's not even trying to really like that's just like something he's doing. Weird. I no, like but like the the pink haired chick. No, but Ramona like again, Flowers. again, you guys are like. But the, Sal, the thing is, is like the whole point of Scott Pilgrim is that it's not just Scott Pilgrim that's weird. The whole world is weirder yeah. than he is, which is why he stands out as like the relatable one. Because like, yeah, he's like this weird, awkward guy who like makes a lot of shitty decisions and is really like not that likable of a guy at mm -hmm. the beginning. Yeah. But like everyone else in the universe is equally cartoonish and stupid, so it's like you can't and really they have, like, like dislike him. Powers somehow. It's yeah, they like, have like video. Explained. It's like explained. video game powers. There's like. People can run through your mind to deliver Amazon packages. Like, there's video game, like, rules to everything. It's, like, and and then, like, everyone is also just, like, weirdly quirky and, like, one note in, like, this very specific way. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza yes. is, is, like, and then, like, Brie Larson, too. She talks in that yeah. very, like, put-on voice that's, like, supposed to, like, the, you should so totally come, Scott. Like, yeah. she talks like that, but for every line. Mm -hmm. Like, almost, like, this very, like, husky, like, almost like erotic voice, but like in a very cartoonish way that's supposed to be kind of like off-putting and like comical. And then like, um, yes, yeah, Scott, everything he says is like stilted and awkward and like the most perfect way. Uh, Ramona's like very deadpan and like aloof the entire time. Like, but like everything in that movie works so well. And I don't know, man, cause I like, that's how I kind of got, cause Scott Pilgrim, the comic book is drawn in a very manga style. Like, it was very inspired by manga, yeah, even though it's a like Canadian chibi, comic book. Chibi, like, sort Yeah, and so, inspired. like, I, I bought all those comics and, like, read them all after I saw the movie. I was so into it. And I really enjoy the comics, too. They're really interesting. Um, obviously, they take a lot longer to read than to watch the movie, so I probably have watched the movie more than I've read the comics, but I think they're really great. And so, like, that, that kind of led to me getting geeky out and, like, kind of obsessing about that for a little bit. Um, and then I got into Soul Eater, which is, like, an anime and then I, I tried to buy, I, I read some of the mangas of that too. So like there was a point in seventh and eighth grade where I was like, 
slowly being toxic, uh, like just slowly poisoned by weeb culture. And I, I had to get out. I jugged my way out of that hole Man, when I just dis- so into Naruto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I played the games and everything like that. And then like around like middle school, like I always knew like things were edited for TV like growing up, but I didn't realize until like middle school how heavily edited things were when they came over to the West. Um, cause they do have the uncut releases and everything like that, like Dragon Ball Z and everything. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, cause and other Naruto cu- for sure. Other cultures just aren't as weird about oh. sex as Americans yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. And, or, or violence. Yeah. I mean, violence is something that's like, we, we have like quote unquote strict guidelines, but it's also so accessible today because you know, it's so easy to, I just have this out. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> um, um, Set off the fire it, alarm. Yeah, no, it's so accessible. It won't. <laughs> no, I know it won't, but watch it do it and just ruin this whole studio. <laughs> Trust me, I've gotten away with it in buildings before and nobody's ever told me shit. No, I've seen people do it in here before. It's not a big deal. Okay, cool. I so, mean, if you get seen doing it, I'm assuming it'll be a big deal, but yeah. nobody gives a shit. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, so you're talking Season about, take hit. just watch this, like, get somebody, like, come in here right as you do that, and you're like, what's going on in here? <laughs> um, no, um, yeah, so I'm sorry, what were you saying? You're saying Naruto, like, you weren't really sure, like, you weren't aware of how brutally, like, edited those things were until I, I mean, you I saw the a, uncuts. Yeah, I had a feeling, because, you know, I, my brother had the uncut VHSs of Dragon Ball Z, like, a collection of everything, like, he had the entire Frieza box set, like, uncut. Um, okay, I think I need to go closer, sorry. No, you're good. But, um, yeah, and then watching, like, the TV airings on Toonami, uh, and just seeing, or even, like, when Dragon Ball Z Kai came over to Nickelodeon or Nicktoons or whatever, like, that was atrocious. Like, and, they, like, the edits they did, like, themselves were atrocious, too. And Kai on the Blu-ray releases is actually, like, unedited, uncut, really bloody, and they swear. <laughs> Unlike in the original, like, dubbing of it. The first two dubbings, actually. There's two... I Oh, my God. I'm so into this shit. I can... I'm gonna shut up about it, actually. <laughs> You're like... It's like... It's like... It's like... It turned for, like, the topic was, like, stuff you were into in high school to, like, shit that you were, like... Just, like, just obsessively discussing anime. Like... Oh. like and, like, all the dubbings and subbings yeah. and differences. My big thing is, like... I don't know, my big thing was, like, video games in high school. I definitely played, like, way more video games than I did, like... Dude, I got so into, like, Uncharted. Watch anime. And I think, like, my entertainment through high school was, like, the Dark Souls games. Mine was Skyrim, because I was in 11th grade when that came out. Dude, but, like, what about stuff that, like... It's not just, like, stuff... Because I I could list so many things that I'd watched when I was in high school, but I'm talking about stuff that, like... For whatever reason, like, it hits you hard and it, like, sticks with you. And, like, you can revisit it now and almost get the same feeling. Like, that's what oh, I meant. Like, because yeah. rewatching Scott Pilgrim with, with Sal, I was like, I forgot what, how good it was. And it just gives me that same, like, almost like this cozy feeling to it. There's, like, a very cozy feeling to that movie for some reason. I don't know if it's the locations because it's, like, these warm houses in Toronto where it's very cold outside. Everyone's in jackets. It's also got that, like indie rock video game aesthetic which gives it a very fun feel i don't know yeah and they um did their own compositions of uh, video game music and own remixes like they had a final fantasy battle theme from i think they used final bass. fantasy yeah the baseline they um, also used I, zelda at the very beginning yep. and and he had to write shigeru munamoto uh, personally because they're so protective of their yeah. copyrights and and he gave him a pre-screening of the movie because he let him use the music in mm-hmm. it and thank God it was a good movie because, yeah, because uh, Nintendo was even, like, kind of weary about Detective Pikachu, which is also fantastic. 
for like what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic for what it is. <laughs> yeah, and then like um but like one thing I can think of is like Donnie Darko is a big one for me in middle school, high school. Yeah. Like that that hit me really weird because it's such a strange movie. But it really does like it does a really good job of capturing like this very specific feeling of being like an adrift teenager who like doesn't really give a shit but like doesn't fit in but kind of wants to fit in but doesn't care like it's it's very it's very specific like there's some very specific emotions that get brought up by it even though it doesn't really have a a conventional or understandable plot yeah <clears throat> i feel like i have such vanilla answers when it comes to you're movies. such a basic bitch Sal. i don't know usually usually i don't have like basic ass answers like this but... what about uh some more recent movies that just came out though like what, did you guys see jojo rabbit no but like i haven't oh. seen that no. does that did that bring you back to like being like a kid or something or no but it, well, i mean i guess <laughs> growing in a up way, in nazi because, germany <laughs> well because around middle school i was doing a lot of projects i did a project on like um uh, the Battle of, like, Okinawa and, like, Iwo Jima and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it kind of reminds me of that, but that wasn't, like, Nazi Germany, but that was, like, the part of the war that I was studying. But... Yeah, like, I was I was confused about that film, and I never saw it, even though it looked interesting, just because I was like, how is this not more controversial than it... Because it wasn't, like, a controversial movie. Like, everyone just kind of liked it. But, I'm like, this should be a really... Like no, that's what was I. That's what I thought about it too at first when I first. It's such it. a bizarre thing to make. Yeah, it's like Who's Wes Anderson. Again? It's it's oh. a guy named Taiki Watiti who did um, what we do in the shadows and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, but he's very clearly if you watch this movie, he's like aping Wes Anderson a little bit. Exactly. That's what I. That's that's why I thought directed it at first. He's doing a it... new movie, but not. Not this movie. What yeah. was that movie? It was the. It's like a huge, huge ensemble cast in that movie, right? The new Wes Anderson. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, it's got um, all of his usual yeah. people and some new ones. He's got Ralph Fiennes in that. Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. Uh, Sir Ronan, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton. Like anyone who's been in a Wes Anderson movie is in this fucking movie. Bill. Except Murray. for Gene Hackman, because he doesn't act anymore. But. Yeah, I'm sur I'm surprised Bill Murray's still acting. But he was Zombieland double tap his little thing at the end. It was amazing. Dude, he he's one of those weird individuals where like ninety percent of the stuff he still does, he just clearly doesn't give a fuck. Like he's just like a paycheck for him. He just fucking hates Garfield. It's like, it's like Bruce Willis, <laughs> but like occasionally, occasionally like Bruce Willis, he'll just like do something that's like good, and you'll be like, why are you doing this? And he's like, like why is this so appealing to you? But everything else you do is just like treated like whatever. Like a kid, like he'll do good. He'll turn out good work for like indie directors or for Wes Anderson or for Sofia Coppola, but like anything else he's in, you're like barely lucky to get him to say like a line, without <laughs> just being like bored. Or he's just like, I'm not gonna do that. I don't know. Like, but yeah, Bill Murray's a fascinating guy. I also thought it was so weird that he's turned into like this bizarre meme, like. Like, if you, I mean, he was for a while. Maybe he's not anymore. But, like, you would see guys with, like, the Godfather shirts, but it was Bill Murray as the Godfather. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like, why why the worship of Bill Murray? It's like, he's a funny <laughs> guy. It's like it's like Jeff Goldblum now is having that moment where, like, yes. Jeff Goldblum has become, like, the new, hey, remember that guy who was in movies in the 70s and 80s who's, like, kind of eccentric and old now? It's like, yeah, let's just, like, put him in fucking everything. Let's just put funny, post funny pictures of him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, yeah, well, he he's just even made himself into the uh, Marvel MCU. He was in a... Yeah. Yeah. 
God, what was it? He was, it, in, he Thor was in Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok. Yeah. and <laughs> he was um, he's on that National Geographic Disney Plus thing now. It's called The World According to Goldblum. Oh like, yeah, like like it, it went it went like Bill Murray, then Christopher Walken was the guy, and now it's Jeff Goldblum. It's like it's like guys who are like kind of washed up, but are still always getting work, and have almost become like caricatures of themselves. Like, Bill Murray is almost like putting on a Bill Murray persona every time he's in a movie. Al Pacino's kind of doing the same thing now with uh, his new show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just like he's like constantly yelling and like. <laughs> he's not yelling as much, but he's um he's still that tough guy. But then also like you got Robert De Niro too, who's like, well, actually oh, in yeah. The Irishman, he plays kind of like a pathetic character. Like Jimmy Hoffa's like tough, but he's kind of like. Emotionally not, like, not. Yeah, he's not like a tough guy. He's like more like a, he's like a, he's just kind of like annoying to most people like to play <laughs> but then you got robert de niro again robert de niro is another guy who just kind of shows up and stuff occasionally and occasionally like he'll try but most of the time he doesn't like he just kind of looks sleepy <laughs> like, he, he shows up and stuff like dirty grandpa and he's you're too like, old dude he's too old he's sleeping in the middle of the shoot he shows up and, he, like he shows up and stuff like dirty grandpa and you're like why are you in this movie he like, he just the movie like, was kind of funny though. It wasn't a good movie by any means, but it was entertaining. Like, and again, he's like a caricature of himself. He's always doing the De Niro kind of like half scowl, half smile, where like his mouth is down turned, but he somehow looks like he's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, he's, I'm gonna try to put. Uh, maybe that'll be the thumbnail for this one. It's like Robert De Niro's bizarre, like like. <laughs> Like you never really know what his face looks like. It's just like Robert De Niro's face, or like like even like people were saying like he did a really good job in Joker, and I'm like, dude, he's just playing Robert De Niro. Like I don't know what you're talking. Like he's not yeah. even doing a, like he's not even acting. Like that whole scene where he's like, look at you, you're laughing. A man got killed today, and you're laughing. I'm like, <laughs> like 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 is this supposed to be like outrage? Because it just kind of comes across like disbelief. Like, that I became don't know. a huge meme too. That yeah, scene. That was my favorite. Is like. <laughs> You're laughing. A man got kicked out of cars too for eating beans and you're laughing? (laughs) I'm tired of not laughing. (laughs) Wanna know how I got these scars? Well, I'm the Joker, baby. (laughs) That was that's another movie where I was just like, you know what's funny? Is the Joker's one of those movies that's been tainted by its fan base, much like Rick and Morty. Where like it's like a good thing. It's like a good movie, but you can't movies, honestly. Not even just Batman, but, like, that specifically, like, you can't like the Joker without, like, having to, like, clarify that you're not one of those, like, gross neckbeers that, like, thinks the movie is, like, some sort of powerful statement about, like, their life or incels or (laughs) class warfare or something. It's a powerful statement, but it's not about what they're trying to say. What I think it is, it it is a powerful statement about, like, um, mental illness, but that's it. But, like, like, (laughs) I don't know if that's it because then it also has all these weird allusions to, like fuck the rich and like fight the power type stuff but then at the same time it doesn't seem to be really like it's supportive trying, or derogatory like it doesn't really know what it's trying to it's, say it's trying to kind of like be like maybe this is why people it's like that south park episode with like the mexican joker you turn people into these things that they you say they are maybe because it's like because it's like the like, whole like the whole class like warfare you sequence are, you know what i mean the class warfare sequence at the end is weird to me because it's like Okay, so are you trying to say class war is good or bad, or is it neither, or is it worth like? Because then it's like, okay, well, you've clearly established that the status quo in this Gotham City is bad, but then you're saying like the revolution isn't very good either. So it's like, okay, so is there no solution? Or are we just ne- re- relegated to like, well, nothing matters anyway. Fuck it. Like, yeah, and then it turns out in the um in that 
in that universe that it creates, he's the one who shoots Bruce's parents. No, it's just like some random joke. Oh, it was some, some, thug, it was yeah, some, some thug, thug that, insp- that he inspired the copycats. Excuse You're getting me. your Batmans Whoops. mixed up. That I was the am. Jack Nicholson Joker. Fuck, that's right. And everyone hates that too. Everyone hates that that, that Jack Nicholson's Joker killed Bruce Wayne's parents because it just feels too perfect. It's like too big of a wraparound. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It's like funny. You did get Who a cool quote out of it though. Parents? It's just a, in the comics and in general, it's just a random just guy who's named Joe. Yeah. Literally, his name is Joe Chill. Is his name? I remember. I think he's not like very what? chill. Arkham City, right? Has someone kill his parents? I don't know. This is like I'm talking about video games again. No, because they don't show his parents' death on screen. I thought there was someone. I thought it was like Black Mask or so. Is he the main villain, Black Mask? No, 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 dude. You're getting confused. Batman's parents confused. are, you know, they don't show Batman's parents die in the Arkham games because it's like you're playing as Batman as he already is. There is a nightmare sequence where he hallucinates about hold it. On, I'm going to look this up. Okay, it's Joe like... Chill. The answer is Joe hold Chill. On, hold on. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about something else. I'm going to argue with you because I know I'm right. I was really into, and that was Final Fantasy. And weirdly enough, the demo for Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. Oh, was like, have you played day. it yet? Fuck yeah, I played it twice. The demo? Yeah. Dude, I played the demo for Uncharted 3 like literally 18 times in Target <laughs> one time. Like, like, me and my brother just played it over and over again. I was surprised to see how much they put into that and how good it looked on, like, my stock 2013 PS3 that's, like, the launch. It looked really good for that. Um, like, and I can, Wait, you I mean, can download betas for new games on your PS3? PS4, excuse me. I'm sorry. Me. I was like, what the fuck? PS4, God. Dude, PS5's coming out soon. I'm not happy about that because that means Last of Us 2 might be on PS5. Mm-hmm. After um, I've already been waiting for it for four years. Same. I've been waiting for... Um, like, I was thinking about p- picking up a Pro sometime, but I was like, well, that's just that's $300 because they did a price drop, too, because the Xbox One X is now 299 and so is the PS4 Damn, Pro. Damn, it's going to be 299 when it comes out? No. no the oh. You're thinking of the Series X. The new Xbox yeah, that's the ser- No. <laughs> the, ser- the, the new Xbox is called the Series X, and the One X is the high-end Xbox One that's out right now. Oh. Yeah, it's they, their names are stupid. Oh, At least God. PlayStation is consistent with their numbers. It's just the fucking number. It's the number <laughs> of what it is. I remember I remember the whole shit show of the Xbox One. Like, Yeah, when you called it that, you're like, it wasn't going to be... X-Bone. Like, everyone thought it was going to be Xbox 720. Yeah. yeah. Which well, is, first of all, that's stupid, stupid too, because it's like, well, okay, what does that mean? Does that mean the fourth one is going to be like whatever that is? <laughs> but, like... Does that mean the Xbox original is Xbox 180? <laughs> they should have called it the Xbox 180. That would have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> Go down they again. They pull the 180. That's what the whole, that was kind of funny. One of the dumbest jokes I would hear in middle school, coincidentally, and it was something people just didn't think about, and people would get butthurt. We would just be like, do you, know, do you know why they call it the Xbox 360? And it was because you turned 360 degrees and walk away. But they didn't realize you'd just be walking towards it again. And I'd always point that out and be like, no, no. And I'd be like, no, you don't. Like, I'm not good you at math, but I know that. You don't understand how <laughs> circum- circumference works, my yeah. friend. Aren't you a skateboarder, David? Yeah. <laughs> That's how he knows. Yeah. Yeah, you turn 360 degrees and walk right towards it again. Yeah, when you get t- 720 degrees of air, that's just two rotations. Like, that's all you need to say. <laughs> well, it's like the joke doesn't work either way, but they were really proud of thinking Yeah, of it, I know, so. and I was like, no, it's stupid. Like, fuck you and fuck your, like, pseudo, like, Suck sense of First, also, also, fuck your pseudo, like, elitist attitude about exactly. Xbox. Exactly. Like, hey, I, I'm more of a PlayStation. I play PlayStation. 
I don't have a weird elitist attitude that like, oh, if you play Xbox, you're a pleb. It's like, no, they have Halo, dude. You, yeah, I don't have Halo. I played Halo. Halo so sick, fucking dude. Halo, much. That, that's what's bringing me Halo back. Halo Five sucked though. Days, fucking hate Halo Five. The Halo Three custom games, man. Yes, dude. The fucking Halo me and Sal. Was, another too. thing me and Sal did over the weekend is just find various videos of people singing the Halo theme song in oh, bathrooms. Yeah. Let's find it. <laughs> I'll find it on YouTube and I'll splice it in the. The fucking bathroom choir. <laughs> bathroom choir. <laughs> uh, that's like... That's like an unnecessarily good theme song. Like they didn't need it to make it that good. Like God, I always remember I would sleep over at my cousin's house. It was like my grandpa's house. We'd all sleep over there, and they would bring Halo Three. And like when you could do Forge, you guys remember Foundry? Yes. Yeah. So you could delete everything in Foundry and have like an empty mm-hmm. thing. So we built like this little like we built, we deleted everything. And we ended up taking we just ended up like building this wall that kind of like blocked off the bases. This was before Sandbox. And we would just put like uh, we put like this this shitty little wall up, and then we made this game mode where it was like random weapons, like regenerating grenades, and we just called it. Um, uh, do you guys remember the show Celebrity Deathmatch? Yes. So we we based it off of that. We called this game mode Celebrity Sex, and, <laughs> and it was like the four of us, and we would just would be like no, would be like no, like score limit, like it'll be like two hundred fifty something ridiculous. It would just be like random, random weapons, and we'd all just try and like just kill each other for literally like two hours straight or some shit, something ridiculous. And then eventually we find we we realized like oh shit you can like people like start people started like grenade jumping like over the walls and stuff. <laughs> okay. I, I remember like Griffball too. Yeah, Griffball. Griffball's classic. Another big one for me was uh, Bioshock games. Like they were really big in my early high school development. But you know what's funny is I was thinking about the high school thing, and the reason partially I got out of, like, being super into video games is for a while in freshman year, I was really into Netflix. Like, I Netflixed more than any fucking basic bitch on this campus. Dude, so, like, I don't know. Yeah, I had so, Netflix I have an older school. brother. So, I have an older brother. Same. Like four <laughs> years. I'm, we're four years apart. Okay. So, we were kids, like... Like we would both get like different games at the same time, right? But he right. would he would be older than me, so of course like, he'd get like more mature stuff. And, like it was kind of like that that age, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'd always like I remember my brother, he picked up like the Bioshock games, and I wasn't like too too into. I wasn't too interested in it because I was younger. I was playing like different. I was playing like the Lego games and shit, yeah. you know, like shit like that. That was still good games that weren't as like dark or as like mature. I'd always get like a little bit nervous. Maybe it's because it was like because it was like a shooter, or maybe it was like just maybe just like the just the whole content of the game in general. I'd always be a little bit nervous picking up like my older brother's games for like the first time. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember like uh, he bought the original Borderlands. Yeah, that was one I was gonna mention too. And I, I remember I remember putting in Borderlands for like the first time. By myself, solo Cage the Elephant when they yeah. were like super like indie still. <laughs> oh I saw God. them around that time. That was an incredible show. I saw Matt Schultz, the singer, like he had fucking like pills on his pocket fall out on stage. Dude, that's so funny you bring that up too because <laughs> it's so weird. I just only really restarted listening to their songs and I still enjoy them. They're still super catchy. But my favorite band in He's high school now. was Muse. 
Really? You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're fucking, really, bro? Like, I mean, like, real? they have some really good songs, but I mean, like, it's Twilight that, it's the Twilight Francis that ruined Muse for me. Oh, yeah, they put Supermassive Black Hole, and which I is actually kind of a banger song, song in their I baseball scene. I love that song. Ruins it. You can't think of it without thinking of that. Um, I never but even I, watched the movies. I just knew my sister was like, oh, I love Muse. And I was like. Why? It's like, <laughs> and I was like, that's so out of your like taste zone. She's like, oh, well, I heard their song in Twilight. And I was like, but, fuck you. But like the thing is, the, the thing that's so horrible about Muse that, that makes it hard to really love them anymore, even though like I really enjoy, like they're really talented musicians. Like Matthew Bellamy is a really good singer and guitar player, like undoubtedly. But it's like the lyrics are the lacking part. Like their act, their melodies and harmonies are impressive. Like they're mm-hmm. really catchy. But the lyrics to me are so cringy. Even in high school, I would sometimes like certain lyrics. I'd be like, uh, I'd be like, be like, our leaders in disguise, <laughs> fully loaded satellites target nothing but our minds. I was like, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> Do you remember Handlebars? Yeah. That's a cla- That's another Classic one where it's like, song. it's such a good, it's such a banger, but the lyrics are so cringy. A little bit. Yeah. I, I have the same feeling now, but listening to like his flow on that, um, a little, the the thing about like Flowbots, like they're, they've always been political, like with every song, like they have. Um, it's like Rage Against the Machine yeah, almost, but they were like, like not like, as hardcore. Yeah. But. <laughs> Like they were, I still think they're really talented, but they haven't. I don't think they've come out with anything. Dude, in a while. he only he his biggest claim to fame recently was that Logan Paul stole the fucking hook off oh, of Handlebars. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like basically copied it, and then he made this like sick diss track. On, I remember. Sorry, that. I got a sick that. diss track on him, and that was like the latest thing I think they've posted on their YouTube in like ten years. Because <laughs> the flow, Handlebars, the music video was like 2010. Yeah. But the song oh, came out in like 2004 or something. It's wow. a really no, old song. It, it didn't. It came out in like 2008. It wasn't yeah, that's a that's a really old YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on, I'm I'm looking it up. It's like right in now. the end. Well, in the end by Linkin Park, I thought 2000. came out. Two thousand. Yeah, dude. Handlebars. Handlebars. Yeah. No, 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 no. Linkin Park in the end no, came out in two thousand. That's what I mean. Like oh. I thought that came out in two thousand eight because that was when I saw the video, and then I found out it was like a twenty year old song. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, it's such a classic banger for like. It's just, it's such a, it's another kind of like almost cringy song now. Cause it's yeah, been no, so it, played was, out. it did come out 10 years ago on, on Vivo. Do you guys remember, you guys remember 11 Three years Doors ago. Down? Of course. Kryptonite? Yeah. Damn. That's another kind of like middle school banger, but it's What's like. What's the Halo song that they made for Three Doors Down? I don't know what the hell you're talking like about. A, I don't know if it's a Halo song, but they, there's they a YouTube had... video out there of it's like. Dude, it's probably a fucking music Steve video Rye. that a fan made. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it's like when you play like Down with the Sickness over clips of like uh. Naruto. <laughs> yeah, no, Handlebars came out eleven years ago, but the music video came out ten years ago. Yeah. Okay. So then, um, two thousand and nine. That's another thing I was thinking of too. Is that um, shoot, uh, My Chemical Romance, another one. But like, I think My Chemical Romance are actually not as bad as I think they, they were. They, the, the, they sold out their entire tour in a matter of like six minutes online. Dude, because My Chemical Romance, like they are emo as fuck, but I like fucking love them. Some of their music is good. <laughs> like some of their stuff is actually like really well done. Um, even if it's got like kind of like angsty lyrics, like Muse is kind of like some of the Muse's lyrics to me now looking back are genuinely cringy. 
Whereas like My Chemical Romance's lyrics are just kind of angsty, but they're never crossed the boundary into straight up cringe to, yeah. for me. Like even though Welcome to the Black Parade is now like a giant meme, like I mean, it shows a good sign when fucking Jay-Z drops a reference to you in his song. Uh, if you heard that song, Oh My God, from his album Kingdom Come, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cl- I'll play it for you after this, but it's a really good one. But he says like something about, like, save me from the Black Parade, release me, chemical romance, something, DMV, or something like that. Like, I can't do it right now. I am not Jay-Z. But, <laughs> but like, he, he dropped a reference to them in his song, and I was like, well, at least this show's, like, you know... Hey, if they're that well known and like Jay Z's taking notice of them, like they can't be that bad. Like they can't be like just another emo band, like Fallout Boy, or like well, Family Force Five was one. There is, um, <clears throat> um, yeah, no. Welcome to Black Parade is one of those songs you can just recognize from the first note. Yeah, do, that's true. Do, do, My favorite of that album, even as a kid, was always Mama because it's so fucking angry. Like that has one cringy line, which is the 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 shit what I done with this fuck of a guy. Cause it's like it's just like just sounds like you're trying to be hardcore when you like cuss that much in one sentence. But like I don't know, it just it had a great harmony at the end, and it just sounded very 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 angry. song that i have grown to um like kind of like cringe to is uh teenagers that is a cringy ass song in retrospect <laughs> it shows up on my spotify recommended when i'm creating party playlists i'm like why is this on a party playlist but to be fair some teenagers <laughs> teenagers do scare the living shit out of me but like also like <laughs> teenagers scare the living shit. it's also like kind of like a joke song because it's like yeah. written from the perspective of like a 40 year old man yeah like looking at the um counterculture yeah of what was going Dave on is back getting then. old dude he lives which in is funny because now well it's always funny because <laughs> counterculture always looks so silly when we look back on it but at the time it looks so scary like it always yeah. looks so tame They're like people were fucking upset about punk music it's like who cares joe biden counterculture we have a punk flea market in reno and people were scared of punks it's like well a couple punks back in the day were scary like i mean you look at suicide boys and like um like all these other um rap sort of like groups that are like getting signed on to old punk records like epitaph epitaph's been around for 40 years yeah and they've um it was that was founded by bad religion guitarist one of the i don't remember his name i love bad religion too. yeah i think it was i think it was his record label yeah and then um they they've been recently signing on like uh God, like rappers and everything like some of the mumble rap generation oh, like okay. sort of stuff um but yeah, it's like they, everyone but they've <laughs> always gotten like flack even when they um did the western releases of bring me the horizon because people were like oh that's not metal that's not punk and everything like that, but it's like the attitude towards, um, yeah, it was like something. The, it's like yeah. the counterculture of that. That's what makes it punk. That's why they're like, yeah, we'll we'll sign you. You're different. You're something new, and you're something that's speaking out against. Yeah, like punk what's is going like isn't the whole thesis of punk that it's like anti tradition and anti yeah. like everything. Like the Sex Pistols were like they did they wanted to like end rock and roll. Yeah, like that was their whole point by being so awful objectively. That they became their own style, and then they became, like, commodified into, like, this yeah, and genre, he... and then they were like, oh, fuck, we hate this now. Yeah. But, I mean, they're they're an interesting group in their own right. But, I mean, like, 
I forgot what I was going to say. Oops. <laughs> I, I like watching interviews with like Johnny Rodden. He's a very fascinating character, yeah. especially as he kind of mellowed a little bit as he got older. Yeah. Like he was on this interview with Conan promoting some memoir in the early 90s. And he had such an interesting, like you can tell he kind of likes Conan because he's not being quite as like. Conan's a likable guy. Well, he's not nearly <laughs> as like combative or like uneasy to talk to as he is in other interviews. Um like he's much he like allows himself to be asked questions a little more and like gives more straightforward answers. But like he was talking about the movie Sid and Nancy, which a lot of people like. Gary Oldman plays Sid Vicious in it and he plays him really well. But he said, like, you said you hated this movie. Why? He goes, like, well, it glamorizes drug addiction. And he goes, Well, he and Conan goes, Well, he goes, I thought it showed some pretty raw scenes of drug addiction and tried to unglamorize it. And he goes, like, yeah, that's true. He goes, but then Sid still gets the 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 kind of like glorified myth ending of the cab taking him to rock and roll heaven. And he goes like, and that's just not how life works. And he turns to the audience and he's like talking about it. And he's like, you know, you shouldn't, uh, you should not glorify or romanticize this drug and rock and roll lifestyle. It's not. Yeah. You ever the taxi went off to that great rock and roll heaven in the sky? These were miserable junkies. There's nothing good in that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing good in death at all. Mm -hmm. All right, well, listen. Don't uh, be fobbed off with that dirty, druggy rock and roll culture. It's not good for you. All right. And, like, I thought it was really interesting. Like, even as, like, even though he came up in this punk movement, he recognizes, like, the damage that it did to his friend and, yeah. like, how much he doesn't appreciate people romanticizing that time as though that, like, as though, like, being involved in, like, this self-destructive part of that lifestyle is, like, cool or, like, helpful because he goes like look at how all those people turned out they're all mm -hmm. burnouts even if they are alive they're completely fried their brain is fried yeah like have you yeah. ever seen keith richards lately brutal like he actually used to be more good looking than mick jagger and now look at him he's a fucking mess like jack sparrow is based on keith richards i don't know if you guys knew that really yeah that's, that's why, why keith richards plays, plays his, dad. his dad his literal oh, shit. spiritual father becomes the true father canon wise um but yeah it's like uh uh, just turn the lights off out there. Oh my God! <laughs> oh the no! The They're locking us in. No, if that happens, I'll just trip the alarm. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, that just happens. I think after a while, if there's no one in there, because I mean, there's no class in there right now. I don't know why the lights are on. Um, if this building closes at 5 p.m. on weekdays, that would be funny. Mm -hmm. They're like, they didn't know that anyone was down here, so they just kind of like started closing all the doors and shit. <laughs> this isn't this doesn't close that early. No, I've been Doom, in here doing like, the podcast forever, man. Oh god, like we'll have to be in here. I'll like shit in a bucket or something like <laughs> Uh dude, if that happens, it's like fuck it, dude. If we if you get if you lock me in and I trip your alarm, that's kind of your fault, isn't it? You didn't check. I have a receipt <laughs> saying like shouldn't you have checked all the rooms before you locked well, it? It did say we're on air. <laughs> Yeah, that was on here when we got here, and I'm like, who the fuck is on air right now? <laughs> like, I don't see anyone in here. Nobody's gonna come. You know, funny enough, totally unrelated to the topic I introduced of, like, middle school. Oh, you know, that was the thing I was going to bring up about Netflix, is they just put it back on Hulu, which I now have, but Nip Tuck was a big thing for me in freshman year. I, like, watched that entire show. Oh, really? And that's what inspired me to go back and watch American Horror Story. Oh, Dexter was one of them for me. Yeah, that was yeah. another one I got really into, and, like, okay, so I went Nip Tuck, and then I started watching Breaking Bad because all my friends yes, were into it. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's a classic. Then I went into watching like uh, Walking Dead and I watched um, American Horror Story and Dexter. I watched all of Dexter. Then in junior year and then going into college, I finally got to The Wire and The Sopranos. And then I'm like, dude, I'm so glad I waited for these because these blow everything else I've seen out of the water. 
Love break even Breaking Bad is not as good as The Wire, or The Sopranos. There's it's, it hits it hits different. <laughs> it's just such to, a better uh, show. My Xbox Live friends got me into watching uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> it's a good show. I like it a yeah. lot. It's still very good. It's just a little and like I don't know if it's my bias because like HBO is so uncensored that you can kind of do whatever you want and like Breaking Bad's still AMC so they can't quite push the boundaries like they want to. They aired fuck once when he's like, go fuck yourself. Or yeah, to Hank. Fuck you and fuck your eyebrows. Or no, he also something. said, uh, fuck yeah, you like, to Hank. No, yeah, well, Hank, when he was killing, when he's getting killed, he goes, like, he tells Uncle Jack to go fuck himself. And they, they like, they do the little thing where they don't bleep it out, but they kind of, like, drop the audio. Yeah. And I was like, dude, are you serious? You just taught me, you just showed me a guy getting his shot in the face. And you're like, mm, you know what? The fuck oh, yeah. word too too much. And then when Gus like literally has half of his face blown off, and you can see like his bone. Yeah, and then like he just dropped. Like that was great effects, but it was also brutal. It was for, like well, like, it's just like really. TV. That was another thing too, like about Breaking Bad that kind of get that puts it a little bit below Sopranos and The Wire for me is like just how frankly unbelievable it is. Like you're like they actually tested the ending on MythBusters and it worked. Well, no, not just that, <laughs> but I'm just saying like stuff like. The guy walking out of the room with half of his face blown off, like stuff like that, is like it a was little just bit for, far. Like, dramatic effect, though. You know, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, you can do dramatic effect. Like, I think the Sopranos and The Wire are better at doing dramatic effect while still feeling like you're not watching a like a TV show. Yeah, because like, if you do it subtly, it has a more of an impact because it's more believable. I get that. Like the violence on The Wire and The Sopranos is like far more disturbing than anything I saw in Breaking Bad because it's like. It just feels so raw and so real. Like, it feels like real violence. Like, it's just so ugly and unglorified that you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, oh, same with um, the, la- or the Last Kingdom. And then... Oh, uh, George R. R. Martin likes that show, apparently. That's a good... Sh- it's it's really fucking good. And then uh, the, the Witcher. The Witcher's, like, level really? of violence. Yeah, The Witcher is really good also. Everyone's been raving about that. Oh, I'm so glad, because, like, video game adaptations, especially with Netflix... Ad- it's based off the books. Oh, there's Witcher books. Yeah, it was. That's the whole. That's... It, but it was it a video game first. No. Oh, I didn't know that because I yeah. heard the Witcher games are so good. I just they assumed... are. It was a PC game first, and the Witcher two came out on 360, and okay. Witcher three came out. Because video game, ad- especially with Netflix's track record with adaptations thus far, pretty weak. Weak yes. sauce. Yes. Um, weak sauce adaptations. Um, I thought it was so interesting that people hated the Death Note movie, so they thought it would be a good idea to do the Full Metal Alchemist movie, but just like just do it like the Japanese like. I don't understand why they chose to do the Full Metal Alchemist movie by like just like exporting the one that was already made in Japan, when they didn't do that with the Death Note movie, which already has films in yeah. Japan. Like I don't understand why they. I don't either. Death Note's like my first anime. That's a I've good ever, one though. I've never finished. Death Note's You've another one it? like. Really no, short. I finished. Oh. I finished it. No, Death Note and Cowboy Bebop are like yes. two anime that are like Samurai you Champloo. really don't have to like anime, but these are good. Like <laughs> so is Samurai Champloo. Yeah, this is the same like. creator as yep. Cowboy Bebop, I think. Yep, it is. Um, I was just talking about this with someone the other day. I'm having deja vu. God damn it. I think it was me. Was it not? Yes, it was We've you. Talked, yeah, we definitely, been, we definitely talked about that it. That was going to be the topic of this episode for a little bit, but then I was like, I don't feel like talking about Cowboy Bebop for that well, long. Well, before it was like during winter oh, do you got to go, David? And, uh, I, I just got to send a text real quick. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like before, before it was like, winter break and we weren't expecting to have the, our first episode in the beginning of March. <laughs> well, it's also was just like after winter break, I was just thinking about it and I was like, I don't really feel like rewatching Cowboy Bebop right now. I'm not in that mood, yeah. that mindset. Shit. And like, I didn't, I didn't want to go for a sec. 
Okay, that's cool, man. Just uh, don't leave this room. Just like step outside this room. Um. Uh, but yeah, so like I didn't want to go over Cowboy Bebop too much in that sense. Um, yeah, I watched it. I watched Cowboy Bebop high mostly, <laughs> like the first third of it. That's a gr- it's so cool. It's it was, such a cool show. It, it just so... really is the aesthetic of cool. I'm the black dog. When I bite, I don't let go. You know what they say, cowboy. Easy come, easy go. Look at my eyes, Phil. I'm just watching a bad dream I never wake up from. The movie's yeah. really good, too. The Cowboy Bebop movie, kind of spin-off movie. Oh, really? Really good. I like that movie a lot. Great music, again. Um, and But, like, I really enjoyed uh, that. But, like, I don't know. I just, like... I think it was like, I didn't really feel like rewatching it. And Cowboy Bebop is one of those things that has been so fucking talked to death on YouTube. Every video essayist on YouTube has talked about that at some point. It's just a dead, it's just a dead. Well, it's like Cowboy Bebop. What the hell is that dude's name? Akira. Akira. Akira was really, really good. And then it's. uh, Dragon Ball. It's like the most talked about animes on YouTube. Dragon Ball. And then the movies. And Death Note. What the movies? Death Note. What movie are you what, talking what, about? What, oh, God. It's The Spirit Away, dude. Who the hell is Hayao, oh, Miyazaki. Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki, yeah. yeah, yeah. Any those Studio movies. Ghibli movies. Yeah, no, those are like the most talked-to-death animes of all time because they're the most accessible to like Western audiences. Princess Mononoke was a, such a niche thing for me to talk about. Like, It was such a niche thing back when Miramax had the rights to Studio Ghibli Yeah. because like, I remember trying to talk about that movie to people, and it was only like... Nobody had heard about it when I was really into it when I was a kid. Yeah, because it was not, it was their only movie that wasn't really made for kids. It was like, yeah. it, like it could be accessed by children, but it's more violent than yeah, they usually Yeah, I remember do. like Kiki's Delivery Service and everything like that, but, and like the earlier ones and um, My Neighbor Totoro. Like, I remember those ones, um, like from when I was a kid, but like Princess Mononoke was something I didn't watch until I was like maybe nine or ten. Even then, I only watched young, that recently, but. and like it's it's a lot. I don't know. I, I saw it in a movie theater because they were doing the Studio Ghibli Fest where like they reshow them all. Yeah, people yeah, brought yeah. like small children to that movie, and I'm like, dude, first of all, they're gonna be bored out of their fucking minds because <laughs> this is a slow, slow movie. Second of all, I'm like, why would you like this is like this is like a pretty violent, intense movie. Like, why would you sh- bring your small children to this? <laughs> like, yeah, definitely really good. That in Kiki because it's a cartoon. I yeah. They just saw it's it. It's anime, a cartoon. Dude. It's like Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> they bring their kids to see, like, they see, like, Akira. They're like, ooh, what's that? It's a motorcycle movie? And they, like, bring their kids to it. It's, like, the most horrifying thing you've ever seen yeah, in your life. Yeah, for real. But what's amazing about the Akira is, like, how many um, drawings they did for, like, per second for the movie. Dude, it looks so good. It's, it's so it's, fluid. Yes. It's That's one of the exactly most fluid looking say. films I've ever seen. What were you seen. talking about? Akira. Akira, oh, yeah. it's like drawn like there's like 30 frames a second or something. So mm. it's like it flows like a real life movie where instead of like even animation, like even really good animation, it doesn't quite have the flow of real life. This is like hyper flow. This is yeah, like more flow like than a early, real early Disney, like early Disney had that same flow, too, because they had that they had the resources. Yeah. Same with uh, there's a, there's a Helsing Ultimate was like that, too, because they took like a year and a half to make each episode because they mm-hmm. were like OVAs. Super fluid animation, like the most like gorgeous animation you could ever hope for. Yeah. I remember there was one. Oh, I forgot what film YouTube man it was, but he was talking about how like the frame rate of Spirit Away 
had something to do with like basically it's like you don't like every like moment you take information in yeah like the movie doesn't move every moment but it's like the way he does like the sound or something the sound in his in how Miyazaki movies is so beautiful it's so somehow so like it's like ASMR but like not shitty. It's like yeah. it's like somehow it's so appealing. Something yeah. about the way he does sound effects. And, and the way he conveys emotion. Like nothing's too exaggerated with their faces. Like you can see like you can make out exactly what they're doing with like the subtleties they do with their with um with his drawings and their facial expressions. They're like and it's such an underrated tingly. skill to draw subtle emotions on yeah. a fake face. Cuz it's 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 super easy to make like those big exaggerated like two big old circular eyes and a, and a mouth with giant teeth. Like, it's easy to do that. But to draw, like, subtlety in something like that and to make it believable. Like, nuanced emotions yeah. that are, like, hard to read. It's like, Jesus. And then, like, when so you... Like, there's a few t um, scenes where she gets, like, tingles up her spine and that happens in a few other movies and you, you can kind of see, like, just a little bit of tingle, but it's like, oh, I know exactly what that feeling is. You yeah, know, it, it, that's a little exaggerated, but that's like the like when, most like, like in Princess Mononoke when she first like attacks that stronghold and she does the thing where like she like like the guy throws a spear and she jumps on the spear yes. and it's like just like the the sound of like the the pitter patter of the feet. Yes, and then the it's like a it's like such a it's like rhythmic almost. It's like and then she jumps on it and then it's like. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, I don't know why. You're like, that is such an appealing and then sound when she design. Steps on his face. Yeah, like it's that was the guy that played Bender, um, John DeMaggio. Oh, dude, one of the... what a great voice actor he and is. And then Billy Bob Thornton was uh, the old man. Yeah, th that was the only issue I had with Studio Ghibli's yeah. like dubbing by Disney is the fact that they just picked whoever was popular at the time. Like, yeah, Miramax was because the they they're had a, the they were a subsidiary of Disney. Oh, Miramax was for a, for a while they were. Um, so yeah, so they had like because Disney released all the Studio Ghibli stuff under Miramax, I believe. Because mm -hmm. um, John Lasseter, who was head of Pixar at the time, was a really big fan of his and like talked about them doing them in America because he's like, "Hey, look, if people like Pixar, they're gonna like these movies because this is the movies I like. This is what I try to make Pixar." <laughs> I'm John like. Lasseter. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I try to make Pixar like. So they got him to release them over here, but they knew that American audiences, most of them, were not gonna go for a subtitled movie, yeah. even if it was animated. So they went for dubbing. So they dubbed, like, Spirited Away's dubbing is okay. Princess Mononoke's is hit or miss. And then, like, Howl's Moving Castle is also hit or miss. Like, Christian Bale's good. The main girl is good. Billy Crystal is good. But then, like, some of the other voices just don't seem to fit that yeah. well. Like, Princess Mononoke is okay, but Minnie Driver is okay. Billy Bob Thornton sounds kind of, like, flat. His voice does not match that character at all. Yeah. And, like... Jada Pinkett tries her darndest, but, like, she just doesn't fit that drawing at all she either. She has some funny lines, though. Yeah, it's, like, there's parts so, where you really like her voice, and then parts where I really didn't like her voice. Like, it didn't fit the character. Um, but, like, Gillian Anderson as the wolf did a really good job. Like, I thought she was good as, as her part. And Billy Crudup does a pretty good job as the main kid. Yeah. Uh, he's an Prince underrated oh, That movie is so slow Ashitaka. now that I think about it. It's, like, two and a half hours long, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels two and a half hours yeah, long. Yeah, no, it's two hours, ten minutes. Oh, well, it feels like it's two and a half hours long. <laughs> Where uh, Kira's two and a half hours and feels like it goes by like that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like so intense. Dude, Kira's just a different... It, uh, Akira hits different. I, that's what I was <laughs> Dude, it's, say. Kanye West is a fan of Akira. Like, he really likes Akira. Oh, Kanye like, just hits different, too. Well, yeah, he feels that wavelength. <laughs> sometimes he feels like he's Tetsuo, but I sometimes heard. he's Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I heard uh, Chris Brown hits pretty different. <laughs> 
Oh God! <laughs> Jesus you cut that out. Let's <laughs> <laughs> stay in. I want everyone to know what you really like. <laughs> I fucking hate Chris Brown. He's such a piece of shit. Dude, Wendy Williams apparently like dude. It was so fucked I up. I fucking when Wendy... hate Wendy Williams too. Everyone's She's such like... a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll bleep that out. Maybe that's too harsh to say. But no, yeah. she's she's awful. Wendy Williams is awful. Like yeah, she was talking about she was talking about Chris Brown. I thought I heard like a like a horn or something. It was really weird. You just said it. <laughs> like that's the word of the day. You get like slimed. <laughs> it's like the Cookie Monster segment. Dude, the word of the day starts with C. <laughs> no, um um uh God damn it. Um, oh, that's been happening to me this entire no, time. No, 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 no. Uh, I found it again. Wendy Williams was talking about, like, Chris Brown. And, like, she was talking about, like, one of the many times he's, like, lost his temper and done something psychotic. And then, like, she shows a picture of him. And she's like, ain't he cute, though, though? And then, like, the whole audience cheers. Uh, it was a new rapper that she did the same thing Yeah. Too. And then, like, she does things where, like, she'll say something and they'll clap. And then she'll change her mind and just say a completely contr- contr- contradictory statement, and they'll just clap again. Have you, have you seen her interview with, um, when she, or not her interview, but um, when she was talking about Terry Crews coming out about um, being like the Me Too thing? That was fucked up. She, yeah. she said so much. She's put her foot in her mouth audience, so many times. Audience was just like, jeez. Like she fuck was you. like, wasn't she trying to like blame him for it? Yeah. Or like, but why you got to look like that, Terry? You listen like, to his reasoning, and he's just like, well, you look at me, um, a big old black or big African American man. Like going ham, like it's not gonna end well for me. And then she goes on this tangent. She's like, "Just go on, go on, go on ahead and say it." I fucking hate my stutter. <laughs> um, and just say it. Like we're black. There's not African American. We're black. Yeah, she said like, some weird like that too. And like, I was why like, "Why would you go on that tangent about something else?" That's yeah. And then also, it's like, first of all, that's not that. what he's. That's not even what he's saying. Exactly. He's that's talking about, about how he's talking about how helpless he felt as Terry Crews being yeah. sexually assaulted by this, because it's like. He goes, like, you don't understand. Like, he goes, that guy was smaller, but he, he like, sexually humiliated me in front of my wife. Yeah. And, like, I wanted to kick his ass, but, I mean, like, he had the power. Like, he could make it so that the press would report a specific way, mm-hmm. which also just shows the hypocrisy of a lot of, like, the the, the industries in, in where, like, they would turn on Terry Crews and paint him in this, like, in this, like, stereotyped way yeah. to, like, to make that story go away mm-hmm. and, like, not reflect on that producer. Um, so I'm really glad he spoke out about that. I, I respect, I mad respect Terry Crews for <laughs> doing that. Because also like Terry Crews is also like interesting. Somebody pointed out, it was like in a discussion on toxic masculinity. And he goes like, hey, look, here's something that you don't, you got to understand. He's like, you can be masculine and not be a toxic masculine man. He mm-hmm. goes like, Terry Crews is a good example. Like he's, you he's like as macho as you example. can get. Like, but yeah. he's not like toxic like he's like very like he's really comfortable with who he is yeah and how he presents himself. i mean he sings yeah, yeah, yeah. he makes a fool of himself in all these different movies like idiocracy that he is that is the greatest fucking character he has ever done i give Camacho. you my word <laughs> ladies and gentlemen the president of america the 
President Camacho stood before the world and promised everyone that Joe would solve all their problems. He would not only end the Dust Bowl and heal the economy, but he would cure acne and car sickness as well. And if he didn't, President Camacho made another promise. He would kick Joe's smart balls all the way up to the roof of his smart mouth, and then he would throw his brainy ass back in jail. <laughs> he oh, just no, sings cheese, the... Cheeseberry, the cheeseburger Eddie in uh, The Longest Yard. Yeah, like, he's just like, he doesn't care. Like, and then his first role is in Training Day, and he didn't get paid or credited for that. Is that... Oh, yeah, I forgot he yeah. is in that movie. Yeah, that's fucked up. But, like, um... But well, Terry Crews is like... He was happy to do it. That was the thing. He was just happy. I don't know. I think everyone... I'm just happy to be here, folks. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's in a movie with not just Ethan Hawke and Denzel, who were, like, huge at the time, but he's also... But also, like, Eva Mendez is in it. Snoop Dogg's in it. Yeah. Like, there's, like, big people in that movie. Snoop Dogg's in that movie? Yeah, he, like, him and... I think Dr. Dre, like, act in that movie. I don't remember. So, I know Snoop Dogg for sure crazy. is in that movie. That's crazy. Um, and, if, well, I mean, even not just him, but Denzel and... Tuco from Breaking Bad shows up in that movie too. Oh, nice. Yeah. As uh, as the guy who's asking if uh, if Ethan ever got Ethan Ethan Hawke ever went to prison and got his shit pushed in, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, I'm gonna look up the Training Day cast. Actually, that's a good movie. What time is it? It's about five twenty. Okay, I got a few minutes before I have to go. Yeah, Snoop Dogg uh, is in that movie, and so is Dr. Dre. Parking. Yeah, oh. Snoop Dogg, Macy Gray, and Dr. Dre all act in that movie. Oh fuck. I knew it. I knew so, it. That's some OG shit. Yeah, dude, because that was like, that was like, because that's how Menace to Society got made, too. Menace to Society, they said, this movie's kind of dark and kind of raw. Is there any way you can get at least a platinum uh, selling a, uh, rapper to be in this movie to give it like a, a little bit of like a, an appeal to like a mainstream audience to go to it? And so they got uh, MC8 to star in the movie. So I think Training Day was like their attempt at like getting that too like they were trying to like tick some boxes off and they're be like, using they're using top rappers as their comedic relief dude as their source i don't even know if they were comedic relief they were just like we need their faces in the movies so that we can advertise that they're in the movie so that people will go <laughs> see this movie it's like jared leto being in the joker or being joker but because like for, for like a five minutes well like because for a long time people were saying that jared leto would be one of the few actors who could play the joker after heath ledger and then he proved that he couldn't. Like, yeah. like, no, he probably could, but just whatever they were going for in that movie just then, wasn't right for that's him. That's not a Batman movie. And then that's everybody a... was like all over um, Joaquin Phoenix. And we're like, oh, he's going to be a terrible. Because like, at first I was skeptical, but I was like, well, Joaquin Phoenix is a really good actor. Like he's really fucking good. Like Joaquin Phoenix is like also like he just has that energy of being like bottled up. He's got like, that manic energy. He's well, like, also he just has a lot of pain because he, I mean, he's been like, through a lot in his life. I mean, his brother died when he was super young. Like yeah. he's dabbled yeah, in yeah. addictions himself. Like he's like, he's got a lot going on in his head. And him and Heath Ledger were like really tight too. Oh really? Yeah. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So like he, he's had a lot of people close to him die. And so like, he's got a lot of pain. I think he carries with him so he can bring that to roles. And he's done roles like that, that are not the same, but like Joe from uh year, you were never really here or the main character from the master, like people who are very like, just have all this bottled up rage and self-loathing. He seems like a dude who's been through shit, you know? Even, like, cause even like I didn't know who Joaquin Phoenix was, like, before the Joker. Really? No. He, was he, he was in Gladiator, Signs. Signs. yeah. Like, you didn't really, like, cross, like, oh, shit, that's Joaquin Phoenix. But it was, like, it's like I could kind of tell. It was, like, damn, this guy's kind of been through some shit, like, his character, you know? Her. Like, the way... He was big and hurt. He was the main oh, character. Yeah. <laughs> Sal, Sal was like, what? Like, he just had like this. Like, he thought, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yo, yeah, Joaquin like, Phoenix is a woman. Like, what? <laughs> maybe, maybe your microphone isn't working because that on button isn't on. That's why I pressed it. No, we tried it. Oh, we, we tried did. it. We tested every single thing we can do. And there's nothing we can do. Just gotta leave a ticket for the maintenance guys. Hey, maintenance man, you fix this now. Do you think he was best actor good though, Joaquin Phoenix? I don't really. I don't. The Oscars are kind of stupid. I feel like it was actually between him and um, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler didn't even get nominated. That was a blow. That's what ever, and everyone was pissed about it. Yeah, yeah. they didn't. That chick didn't get nominated for anything, even though it was one of the best films of the year. Yeah. And then fucking like, real. and same with Lighthouse, that got major snubbed. Oh, Lighthouse! Yeah. Um, and then I like, I didn't see Lighthouse. But Parasite, I was glad Parasite got at least some dues. I gotta see that one. Soon. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood deserved any award it was nominated for as well. I would have been happy with either of those for Best Picture. Uh, the Joker, like, I didn't think it was that good of a movie. It definitely did not deserve to even be nominated for Best Picture. But it definitely, like, I think Joaquin as an actor is enough, like, of a selling point in that movie that he deserved that, because like. You know, he got emotional talking about his brother and like, you know, he was kind of erratic, but then he got emotional talking about his brother and people pointed out that if you and see the, the crowd reactions, well, he says like my brother wrote a lyric about, and he almost like starts crying, but you can see the crowd reaction and you see Keanu Reeves is there and he's like really like smiling and intent on listening to, to Joaquin because Keanu Reeves, River Phoenix, Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder were all super tight in the early nineties because they all kind of came up together at the same time. And uh, and Keanu Reeves was really good friends with River Phoenix. So in a way, like he's seeing like his friends who died, his friend who died's little brother, like get this award. And so it's like kind of like nice for them too. Yeah. Like I'm like that was really sweet that he got to do that. Um, I think he's won Best Actor before, but I don't know. Maybe he got Leoed and he's just been nominated a lot of times. I think he got nominated for her. I think he's been. Uh, I think he's won Best Supporting Actor before for like Gladiator or something like. Even though he's very like goofy in that Gladi- movie, yeah, Gladiator was really good. But I remember him being in that movie. Now that I think about it, he was a suit. It's su- apparently the guy who played Joffrey was really inspired by him in that movie to do that. <laughs> Joff to do Joffrey, the guy who played Joffrey in Game of Thrones, which is also uh, another obsession that I had in high school that I've since kind of grown away from. But that's because like, that's because the ending sucked. Well, yeah, I started growing away, but I was like super obsessed with it in sophomore year of high school. Like I watched it all the time. Uh, and then again, I, I, I witnessed The Wire and The Sopranos, and I said, Game of Thrones ain't that good. But oh. it sucks because Game of Thrones seasons one through four were so good. They were yeah. like one of the best shows on TV for sure. It was, it was funny because I probably read, I probably got like the first Game of Thrones book. I read I think, that. I think when I was I like that. 10. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's so funny because like people on like some of the reviews, they're like, Hey, just so, like, a heads up, this is not your, like, grandson who likes Dungeons & Dragons fantasy story. Do not buy this for him. Because what, what, <laughs> what happened was, uh, I think, because we went on, like, a family vacation to, like, Maui or some shit. And it was like, oh, I just oh, got like, back from Maui. It was, it was like, amazing. Oh, shit. How was that? Fucking amazing. Sweet. I've been to Oahu one time. I've been to the Big Island, Oahu, and Maui. Lucky you. My mom's like obsessed with Hawaii. That's why it's her retirement plan. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna pan out, but we'll see. It's getting expensive there, but I mean, like, it's a cool place. You know, the jewel pods don't cost nearly as much in Hawaii as they cost here. It's it's so weird weird because everything costs more there because it's supposed to get shipped over. Yeah, it was sixteen bucks for a pack, and it's twenty one here. I had um. Maybe it's uh, just not as popular. My cousin's cousin. He's from Massachusetts. And there it's like jewel pods are like banned outright in Massachusetts. I heard about that too. So he comes down to Vegas and he's like, he's spending like Thanksgiving with my cousin. I'm I'm there too. And he was telling me the story of how like he would, uh, they're like staying at a hotel. 
So he went to like a dispensary and bought a joint and he was like smoking the joint on the street and shit. Mm-hmm. But he would tell me how like, he was like, all right, I'm going to buy a fuck ton of jewel pods before I leave because I can't buy them in Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, why not? And he's like, because they, the, like Massachusetts is somehow more of a mom state than California and Nevada. Yeah. Well, San Francisco banned uh, jewel pods, I guess, even though that's where their company's located at. Wow. I didn't right. know that. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Okay, I think it's time we should probably wrap up anyway because it's like been an hour and 20 minutes. Hour 20. Oh, fuck yeah. We made up for that 13. We've kind of gone all over the place. This was kind of like... This is kind of like a little bit of a, a, a refresher episode. Like, yeah. it didn't really it's need been, to be that it's focused. It's a whole new decade. <laughs> no focus. Just all thoughts going off. So why don't we why don't we just sign off? So Bowling for Coup, episode four, whatever the fuck this was supposed to be about, it's, it's over. Episode. Reboot Robert episode. Robert De Niro uh, thumbnail. Robert De Niro thumbnail episode. About being in middle school, but also about just like anime and video games. A little bit of Ariana Grande. A little bit of Ariana Grande, like. Is it brown face? Is it not? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we're going to be signing off now. So, uh, yeah, hopefully this doesn't turn out disastrous. I'm going to chop this down later. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Butcher it like those anime. Uh